Well, good morning. Uh, we are going to go ahead and get started. Uh, just a few announcements for you as we get ready for today. Um, the first thing is, of course, if this is your first time with us or maybe your first time in a long time, uh, we want to say welcome to you. Uh, we're so glad that you are hanging out with us this morning. Uh, we want to um, um, just get you to hopefully fill out a connection card. It looks like this. They'll probably have it on the screen. We've got those there over there on the table where all things are found. So if you're looking for something, it's probably going to be over there. Um, so connection card, fill this out for us. And then if you do that, we have a gift bag that we'd love to give you today just in saying thank you for coming and, and hanging out with us this morning and worshiping with us. Um, also want to remind you that today is the last day to sign up uh, for our D-Life uh, boot camp, okay? Um, if you don't know what D-Life is, uh, you really need to check it out. Um, this is a strategy that uh, our staff and our church has chosen, uh, chosen to, to use in order to create a true disciple-making effort in our church. Um, and, and guys, uh, again, this is not just a necessarily just another Bible study to get plugged into. This is a chance for you to grow in your relationship with Christ. And so if you want to know more about that, please sign up for the boot camp that's going to be um, on August the 14th. 14th. Is that the bouquet? Okay. All right. Make sure. Whew. All right. Don't want to tell us anything wrong up here. All right. So um, I also want to let you know that uh, Brother Gary is uh, going to be teaching a new prayer study on Wednesday nights. Uh, 16 questions people ask about prayer. Uh, that starts this Wednesday night at 6. Uh, and y'all are going to be, if you, if you want to come join in on that, uh, it's going to be held over at the center, community center across the street. So, uh, Get with Brother Gary if you're interested in being a part of that and let him know, and that's when y'all will meet. Also, our women's ministry is sponsoring a women's fellowship event. Here we go, ladies. All right. Uh, Sunday night, August the 28th, uh, you can sign up on uh, the table as well. So please go sign up for that. It'll be a good night for, for all the ladies in our church. Uh, lastly, want to remind you, too, that uh, Deacon Election... Uh, is next Sunday, okay? Uh, we also have absentee ballots available uh, Monday, uh, this Monday, in, in the church office. So if, you, if you're not going to be here next week uh, to vote, uh, you can uh, stop by the church office and, and get those uh, absentee ballots. Um, uh, we have a great opportunity this Sunday to do something really special. Uh, and, and so uh, we, we have a chance to celebrate a new life, right, uh, that, that's been brought into this world. And so we have a baby dedication that's going to happen. I'm going to pray for us. Uh, but what an exciting thing to celebrate uh, the new lives that have come into this world. So let me pray for us, and I'm going to hand it over to Brother Eddie. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. God, we just want to, God, just thank you for bringing us to this place. Uh, God, some of us stumbled in here, some of us uh, rushed in here, <laughs> uh, some of us um, barely got here today, but God, it's by your grace that we're here. So God, let us not miss you today. God, let us not um, just check another box today. Uh, God, we desperately need you to invade our schedule today. Help us to slow down. God, help us to enter into a place of worship. And God, 
not just a building, but got a mindset, got a, a positioning of our heart. God, to just lay before you, God, our life in light of who you are. God, help us to do that today. God, this world and, and Satan is too good at what he does to allow for us to come in here and think we got it. And so, God, help us, God, to be what we need to be and to do what we need to do in these next few moments. God, for your glory and God, for our good. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. It's kind of loud, isn't it? Anyway, today is a special day. We're having our baby dedication, child dedication, and we're super excited about that. And we have several, um, several families here today to dedicate their uh, child or children. And so at this time, uh, I would ask our parents and children uh, to come forward, if you will, and you can just kind of line up right here in the front. So if you all will come at this time. Amen. Children are a blessing from the Lord. Amen. That's right. That's right. Life. It's life. We celebrate life today. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, yeah, just yeah, file right here in front. <laughs> Amen. Always, always fun and unpredictable, I might add, which adds to the fun. Remember some time ago, my grandbaby, I had an opportunity and she was dedicated and she, I held her most of the time, so that was fun. Anyway, so today, listen, welcome. We're glad you're here today. Worship together. Uh, we're proud of our parents. Let me inter introduce our parents and children to you today. And uh, when I call your name, if you will, just uh, step forward or wave. I'm, some folks may not know you this morning. Uh, first of all, we have Rhett and Jessica Walker, and they are here to dedicate Griff James today. All right. Amen. That's right. We have Jay and Courtney West, and they are here to dedicate Copeland James. All right. We have Schuyler and Madison Cagle, and they are here to dedicate. That's right. They're here to dedicate Mackenzie, Selena, and Thurman Carter. Amen. So we're glad they're here today. Uh, Adam and India Cariega, and they are here to dedicate Creek Ezekiel. And Carrie and Cassidy Harrell are here to dedicate Lennon Blair. All right. And Andrew and Desi Lewis are here to dedicate Bax Paul, Grady Jett, and Nala Grace. All right. Amen. 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 Let's give them all a big round of applause. They're wonderful. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. 
I'll read quickly, parents. Um, Psalm 127 says that children are a blessing from the Lord. It's exciting whenever a new child enters a family. There's no greater moment than when parents sense that their child is a gift from God. The purpose of dedicating a child acknowledges God's sovereignty, not only over the child, but also, of course, over mom and dad. So these parents, as they present their child or children today before the Lord, are asking for grace and wisdom from the Lord in carrying out their responsibilities as parents. Um, actually, you all probably know this, but the child dedication service is really more for the parents than for the child. But Matthew 19, 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. So parents, the child you hold or you have with you right now is a gift from your heavenly Father. Scripture commands you as a parent to teach your child about the Lord Jesus. Only then will he or she be adequately equipped for the challenges of this life and sufficiently prepared to meet the Lord when he returns. But your child's spiritual welfare will not be accomplished simply by words only about Jesus, but it's the words of your mouth combined with the obvious presence of the Holy Spirit in your own life that will effectively communicate the message of God's love and saving power to your child. The birth of your child needs to inspire within you a greater resolve to let Christ shine through you by being even more intentional in your pursuit of holiness and the supremacy of God in your home. And so parents, at this time, if you'll face me for just a moment, and as we have kind of our dedication part of this, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7 gives us the ingredients or the pattern of a godly home. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. So parents, by coming forward today, you're hereby declaring your desire to dedicate yourself and your child to the Lord Jesus. So parents, do you agree and dedicate yourself as much as humanly possible? I want to put that clause in there to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And if so, say we do. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So, parents, do you agree to learn God's Word so that it will be in your heart and to teach it diligently to your children? And if so, would you say we do? The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. So do you today as parents agree to pray faithfully for your children and for their salvation? And if so, answer, we do. The Bible tells us to go make disciples of all nations. The Great Commission should start in the home. So do you agree to share the good news of Jesus Christ with your child in word and in deed? And if so, would you answer, we do? All right, this time... And you can turn back around if you like, if you want to do that. Everybody likes to see smiling faces. This time I'd like to ask the grandparents to stand. Any grandparents that are here today? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Proverbs 17, 6 says, Grandchildren are a crown for the aged. Amen. There's great pride in seeing a new generation of a family and how that joy is reinforced when children are raised to fear the Lord. To this end, I want to ask the following question to our grandparents. 
do you hereby declare your desire to help these parents by fulfilling the vows they have just made by supporting them as grandparents? And if you'll do that, would you say, we do? All right. There's no proverb that said it takes a village, right, to raise a child. Parents have first responsibility, but parents need the help and support of the community. So I direct my questions now to the church. Uh, as a church, well, we are all part of the family of God. And as a family, we need to work alongside these parents in their efforts to portray Christ to their child. Are we merely spectators, or will we stand up to the challenges of being brothers and sisters in Christ and exhibit godly characteristics that thus provide continuity about what is taught at home and what is being seen at church? Will you now acknowledge their commitment and indication of your willingness to help them uh, keep their promises? And if so, church, I would ask you to stand at this time. Looks like there's a lot of support for you, parents, and, uh, and certainly we all need that. Let me pray. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for uh, these parents, these children, uh, these grandparents. What a blessing. What a blessing that our children are, Father. We know they're from you. And, Father, we, uh, we know your word tells us before you formed us in the womb, you knew us. And so, Father, we praise you today. We thank you, Lord, for life and what life that kids bring, uh, Lord, to the home, uh, to the church, and we're thankful for them. Father, now, uh, for these promises, these pledges uh, that have been made today by these parents, help them to fulfill that. By these grandparents, help them to fulfill that. And even as a church, Lord, that we would come alongside to encourage in every way, Father, as we, as we walk uh, Father, with you. And so help us, Lord. Help them to, to teach their children about you, to, uh, Lord, to lead in sharing Christ with their children. Father, give them that boldness at times. And Father, for those difficult days of a parent, Lord, would you just give them that extra grace. Father, thank you. And Lord, we ask these things in the name of Jesus and all the church said, Amen. 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 Everyone has all of our books and Bibles. Thanks to Rhonda for handing all that out. Does a great job. Let's give another round of applause to our parents, grandparents. Amen. You all are free to be seated at this time or back to your seat. And uh, amen. We'll continue to worship the Lord today. Praise the Lord. God bless you all. That's awesome. family. We've been blessed to uh, also started out at East Center uh, with my father-in-law and mother-in-law, Mr. Lane Stinson and Barbara Stinson, that I'm thankful we're surrounded with family and church family and a neighborhood that worships God. And, and I'm thankful for influences like those of you who teach children's church and, and vacation Bible school and Sunday school to our kids. I just personally want to say that I love you and I thank you so much for all that you've done to help our kids uh, be on the path that they need to be on. I have no idea where that's coming from. 
But anyway, love you guys. Man, let's, uh, let's worship God this morning. And let's be thankful for the forgiveness that he has given us. Are you thankful that all of your sins are forgiven? Amen. Well, let's stand and worship. Holy water. Just count us off here, brother. Thank you, God.
<laughs> I am thankful to be forgiven. How about you? Amen. Uh, this is a new song for us, and uh, you guys probably know this better than we do, better than I do, but been working on it. may not sound like it, but I really like even the title of this song, Holy Spirit, Come. I don't know where that's coming from. Thank you. Uh, let me just check one mic at a time, one input at a time. Thank you. There you go.
oh God. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to be seated at this time. And uh, we got one more song. We're not dismissing the children yet, but after the song we will. Uh, this is a different song. I'm going to usually keep everything on a corporate worship level, but this is a song that I want to, uh, anyway, just worship and thank God through. It's a little different. Uh, I think Cody Johnson wrote this song. And uh, I just want to encourage you, if you are here today, and you got saved late in life, and, and Satan destroyed, you know, I didn't get saved till I was 20, and I'm thankful that I got saved at 20. But man, I sure wished I got saved younger. Man, there's, there's some sins that I got tangled up in that I wished I had never done. And Satan reminds me of those sins from time to time. Now, the older I get, kind of the, you know, the less, less they are. But some of you, some of you may have, have been tangled up in all kind of stuff late in life. And maybe you just came to Christ just recently. And Satan is still reminding you of your past. Or maybe you got saved at a young age. Maybe you uh, got saved then, and, uh, and maybe you backslid on God. Maybe you went and did your own thing, and maybe you've destroyed your life and maybe some family members' lives, and we've all made bad choices. But I want to speak hope to you today, and, and there's hope, and this, and this song brings about hope and wrestling with those things about our past but there's hope and forgiveness in Jesus Christ amen, amen. and uh, and I just want to encourage you with that anyway, we'll try that go ahead bro. I'm aware of everything that's wrong with me but still you accept me anyway And I live with a past I can't get past And it still haunts me So I'm asking for the courage to make a change By your grace I have hope You've already paid every debt I owe Please take these chains and make me see That by your grace I've been saved
Dismiss children at this time. Thank you. the Lord. The Lord is good. By his grace, we have been saved, and that not of works, lest any man should boast, right? So we praise God for his amazing grace. Thank you, praise team, for leading us in the time of worship. Listen, good to see everybody. We've got a great crowd this morning, so glad you're here today. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to get your Bibles, and or you can read on the screen, Acts chapter 18, as we continue our study today in the book of Acts. And today I just entitled this, The Encouragement of God. I don't know if you've ever been discouraged. I'm going to venture out on a limb and say probably you have. 
uh, most of us have. Uh, we, uh, this is a tool the old devil loves to use to discourage us, and, and nowhere in this 18th chapter does it say that Paul was discouraged, but I wonder, and we'll talk about that in a minute, I wonder, and uh, whether or not he was, certainly there are times we are, and uh, there are things that God does to encourage us. So I want this today just to be a word of encouragement, amen? Amen. Everybody needs that. Just a word of encouragement. So I just want to encourage you today. So hopefully by the time you leave here, of all the things that may happen today, you, you'll say, listen, I've been encouraged by the Lord. And so I pray the Lord to encourage you today. Let me just say this, a word of encouragement. Ellie, will you stand up, please? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Listen, we love you and Jimmy. And last week, about this time, it was a totally different uh, service as was going on. But uh, we're glad that, uh, that you're being, doing much better. Praise the Lord. Listen, glad you're, Acts 18, verse 1. If you're able, let's stand uh, to honor the Word of God. Okay, to honor the Word of God. Verse 1 says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them. And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. And he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord, together with his entire household. And many of the Corinthians... Hearing Paul believed and were baptized. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. Says the word of God. Let's pray. Father, right now, we thank you, Lord, just for this morning. We thank you, Lord, just for your blessings, your goodness, Lord, to us. Father, thank you. Lord, again, we, we give you praise for every good and perfect gift that comes down from you, most of all for the Lord Jesus, whom you sent for us that we might be saved. Father, thank you for the blood of Calvary. And Lord, right now, would you just uh, speak to our hearts Lord, through your word today, would you speak to our hearts? You know just what we need to hear. And Father, right now, I just pray for help in proclaiming your word. And Lord, I ask it in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Heard about a man that was shoveling snow, snow out of his driveway. We don't have to do that very often. He was shoveling snow out of his driveway when two boys happened along carrying snow shovels over their shoulder. They said, hey, mister, can we shovel your driveway? Only five dollars. He said, boys, can't you see what I'm doing? Can't you see that I'm shoveling this driveway? Can't you see that I'm almost half finished? 
And those boys said, yes, sir, we see that, but we also know that we get the most amount of business from people who have started to shovel about halfway through and they decide to quit. <laughs> so apparently these young men knew that sometimes when we get started on something, we don't always finish, do we? I've been guilty of that, maybe you have too. How many times have you ever started something, started to work, started a ministry, started uh, uh, maybe reading a book, whatever it might be, but suddenly you kind of get tired with it and think, eh, and you kind of lose, lose sight of that. How many times have you decided, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start walking closer to the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to start reading my Bible more, and I'm going to start uh, praying more, and, and I'm going to try to share my faith and, and all that, but then something happens, you get discouraged, and you just think, ah, what's the use? Anybody ever been there? If you're not there today, you will be there, and probably maybe you just came out of that. At some point, we all, we all get discouraged at times. And I believe that discouragement is one of the biggest tools that the devil uses against us. If he can get, listen, if he can get you and me discouraged, we won't do anything. If he can get us discouraged about, about ministry, about life, about the Lord himself, whatever it might be, we'll, we'll find ourselves just kind of, you know, just going along, not with any urgency, not with any, in, you know, consistency. And, and, and I believe that's certainly true. Really, I believe that's true for Paul. Nowhere here in the text, so I want to tell you, it's not in the text that Paul was discouraged. But I have to wonder. Think about this. You have to wonder all that Paul had been through up to this point. You have to wonder, was he discouraged? Well, think about that with me. If we start back in chapter 9, just to think of a few things that's happened to Paul from chapter 9 to chapter 18. Think about this. First of all, he was threatened in Damascus. Right after he got saved, no doubt there was a time there and, and, and he was threatened in Damascus. He was threatened again in Jerusalem in chapter 9 as well. He was persecuted and ran out of Antioch, Pisidia. He was also, he faced possible stoning at Iconium. He was stoned with rocks in Lystra and member left for dead. And then he went on to Derba, right? We also know that in Thessalonica, he was ran out of town. In Berea, he was ran out of town. In Athens, he was mocked. What is this seed picker trying to say? Remember last week? Now he's just walked 50 miles to Corinth. And you just have to wonder, was Paul thinking in his mind, Phew, Lord, I didn't sign up for this. Now, it doesn't say that. Nowhere does it even imply that, really. But, but you just have to wonder what was going on. And the reason I think that is because of verses 9 and 10 of this chapter. Verses 9 and 10, and we'll get there in a moment. That's the reason I wonder, was he a little discouraged? He's all by himself. You know, that's what the devil likes to do. You see, the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves to gather. Right? Uh, but if the devil can single us out, if he can get us all by ourselves, you know, and... Listen, we're more, we're more vulnerable, aren't we, by ourselves? And so that's where we need, to, we need one another. So I want us to say whether or not he was discouraged or not, I don't know. But I know there's times I get discouraged, probably times you get discouraged. And I want, to, I want us to look at three things that I believe the Lord gives us to bring encouragement to us. All right? And I want us, here's the first thing. He gives us a partnership of friends. A partnership of friends. Uh, listen, I did this in early. Look around you right now. Listen, around you are some of the best friends you'll ever have in life. So look around. Some of the best friends you'll ever have in life. And we're all wearing name tags today, so you know who, who it is, right? That helps. Verse 1 says, after this, Paul left Athens, verse 1, and went to Corinth. Again, he's by himself. Uh, things didn't go well. And you have to wonder, did he think all the way to, uh, all the way to Corinth? Did he think about 
How things didn't go too well uh, in Athens, how he was mocked, I don't know. Certainly there were people saved, but most were not. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome, and he went to see them. I like that. He went to see them. And, and so we're introduced to a couple by the name of, of Aquila and Priscilla, or Priscilla and Aquila. They're mentioned like six times in Scripture, another time in this chapter. Four of the six times, Priscilla's name, or Prisca, is mentioned first. That's really unusual for first century. And, but so she may have been, some thought, maybe from nobility of some form, but uh, a noble family. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But here are people, and he went to see them because they were, they were tent makers, and I'll get to that in a moment. Whether or not they were saved at this point, I don't know. It doesn't tell us. I, I, I kind of think maybe they were, but we don't know. But they, they, they come to know the Lord if they don't know the Lord, and they become great friends. In fact, listen to what Paul, speaking about Priscilla and Aquila, says in the book of Romans. In Romans 16, he says this, Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their necks for my life to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. He said, greet them, why? Because what they, they risk their necks for my life. Listen, we need friends like that. He said, listen, I want you to, see, I want you to greet them because they stuck out their neck for me. Listen, they, they had my back. They had my six. They, they took care of me. Uh, you know, uh, they, I knew and know that I could count on them. We need friends like that, don't we? Again, look around you. Some of the best friends you'll ever have in your life that will stand beside you, that will walk with you, that will uh, laugh with you, cry with all those things. We, we need those kinds of friends. We probably all had friends where <laughs> when the trouble, you know, when trouble came, they left. And we don't need friends like that, right? And we don't want to be a friend like that. But here are these folks. And, and notice in verse 3, it says, And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked for they were tent makers by trade. Now, here's the first time it mentions what Paul did. He was a tent maker. Every rabbi would have learned a trade. So he, he dealt, uh, made tents or maybe other leather, leather things, goods and things, but he joins up with them. Uh, sometimes you'll hear that term used about tent making, uh, ministry, tent making, meaning because like most of our pastors in our area, most of our pastors in our area, they have to work at a secular job during the week and then they still have to do all the work on Sunday and on Wednesdays. These men are the real heroes. They're the real heroes. They work all week at one job, and then they come in and work at, at their churches, and they're the real heroes. That's what Paul's doing. He, he didn't have the, the funds at this particular time. So he's, he's in this working, and then he's also reasoning in the synagogue. Look at verse 3. And, it, and because he was of the same trade, he, he stayed with them and, and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. In verse 4, excuse me. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade the, the Jews and Greeks. So every Saturday, he's there, he's preaching. Verse 5. When, when Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. So, so then later, um, Timothy and, and Silas arrived from Macedonia and really brought two things, most think. And this is something to think about. First of all, they brought good news from the church of, of the Thessalonians. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, he says this, but now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly, and, and long to see us as we long to see you. Why was that important? Well, because they were ran out of Thessalonica. 
And then later, see, they bring the good news. Hey, listen, they love you. They love you. That's encouragement, isn't it? And then also, many think it was at this time, they also brought a missionary offering that he mentions in 2 Corinthians about this offering. Because then it says that he was occupied with the word. Verse 5, I believe it is. He was occupied with the word. And it literally means to be tied, right? He was occupied with the word. Yeah, he was tied. So now he's probably able to go preaching more fully every day, perhaps, because why? He has that support. Here's my point. It was an encouragement to him to know that not only Aquila and Priscilla loved him, and not only that Silas and Timothy loved him, but all the others loved him too. We need that. People coming into a church, we oftentimes say, well, people are looking for friendly churches. And that's true. But you know really what they're looking for? Friends. Friends. And most of the time, if they don't find a friend within a certain amount of time, someone once said this, it's an old stat, I'm not sure it's still true, but if you don't make seven friends in six months, usually you'll leave. Think about that. So how do we make friends? Well, many times we do that through small groups, don't we? Uh, and just to say that to you today, many times it's through Sunday school, you know, our D-Life groups, we have a few going now and more hopefully next year. But through the small groups, we have a Friday morning that I'm a part of. It's great. I know many of you are in a Monday morning uh, group at Andy's. It just all kinds. Of, but the small groups is where you really get to know people and to find out. And, and that encouragement. And God encourages us. I was, I was just thinking about this even yesterday uh, as uh, just some folks I've had opportunity to hopefully to encourage. You know, because sometimes we don't always encourage. Have you ever been around a joy sucker? I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand if you know one. Don't be a joy sucker. Don't suck the life and joy out of Listen, be an encourager. When you come in the room, may people say, wow, I'm glad so-and-so's here. You know, I think that I've got several people, and I'll leave someone out. I won't mention it, but there are some folks that when they come in the room, listen, I just know, boom. You know, because that's just the way they are. And, and so be, be an encourager. I heard about a little boy who went to school, and he came home and told his mama. He said, mama said, so I found out why that uh, Johnny wasn't at school the last few days. I said, why is that? I said, well, his daddy died. She said, oh, I'm sorry. And she said, yeah. I said, he was sharing the story about his daddy dying. And he said, he just, he just put his head down on his desk, Mama, and he just started crying. And Mama said, well, honey, what'd you do? He said, I didn't know what to do. I just put my head down on my desk, and I cried too. Boy, isn't that? That's the ministry of presence. That's the ministry of presence. Listen. Here's something I remember from seminary. I don't remember a lot, but here's, here's one thing, and I probably shared it with you before. When somebody's sitting in the ditch of life, are you with me? When somebody's sitting in the ditch of life, probably they don't need a sermon at that particular moment. They probably don't need even a Sunday school lesson at that particular, particular moment, but they just need somebody just to come and, and sit in the ditch with them. Amen? Yeah. See, and that's where in the church... What a blessing it is. In the church, what a blessing it is. Because we've got folks, listen, all around you. Again, look around you. Some of the best friends you'll have in your life. That when you're in the ditch and you'll be there at some point, And I'll be there at some point. You've got some folks that are coming just sit with you. What an encouragement. What an encouragement. So we see, first of all, this partnership of friends. God uses that to encourage us. Secondly, we see positive results in ministry. These positive results in ministry. Look, look what it says in verse 6. It says, and when they opposed and reviled him, that was Paul reasoning with the Jews and the Greeks, they opposed and reviled him. Now, don't, don't let that just 
take that in a little bit. That doesn't mean that it said, no, Paul, we're not interested. No, it wasn't that. They opposed him and reviled him. Notice what he does. Very dramatic. Uh, Old Testament, if you will. Old Testament, I'm not sure that's a word. But anyway, uh, and when they opposed him, reviled him, he shook out his garments, right, the folds of his garments, and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I'm innocent. So what's that mean? Your blood be on your own heads. Well, it probably, one, one place it goes back to is where uh, God told Ezekiel. Remember in the Old Testament? Listen, when I tell you to preach to the people, and if you preach to them and they don't listen, then the blood's on them. But if I tell you to preach to them and you don't preach to them, then the blood's on you. And so what I think Paul's saying is, listen, your blood be on your own hands, uh, on your own heads. It's not on my hands. I'm, I'm innocent. I have fulfilled my responsibility. I've told you. Jesus said similar things. Shake the dust off your shoes, right? If someone doesn't want to listen. You know, the gospel is precious. We should never, you know, cast our pearls to the, the swine, right? The gospel is precious. And for those who, who don't want to hear that, maybe not now, maybe later, but to move on. In verse 7, he says, he says, he says, from now on, I'll go to the Gentiles, verse 6, and then verse 7. And he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household, and many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. Now, so, so basically when the Jews and Greeks didn't want to hear it at the synagogue, there had been the God-fearing Greeks, right, and the Jewish people. When they didn't want to hear it, he goes to the house of a man by the name of Titius Justice, and he stays there, and then it tells us next door to him was a man by the name of Crispus, who is the synagogue ruler, and old Crispus, it's a cool name, isn't it? What's your name, Crispus? Crispus gets saved. I thought, he's, he's right next door. <laughs> Listen, old Christmas didn't have a chance of not hearing the gospel when Paul came next door. Huh? When Paul moved in next door, right, and stayed next door, now whether he was next door or stayed with Aquila and Priscilla, we don't know. That's things theologians want to argue about. I don't know. But the point being, when Paul came next door, listen, all you had to do to get Paul to share his face is to take your hand off his mouth. He's going to tell you about Jesus, right, and, and most of the time. Now, here's the thing. So he went next door. Old Christmas gets saved. We actually read of his name in, in 1 Corinthians. We read about Crispus and Gaius, and, and uh, we read, uh, I was trying to think, Sosthenes, and, and, and all these names, it's hard to pronounce. Listen, these people that got saved. Listen, here it is. Here it is. Let me ask this. So, when Paul went next door, the next door neighbors heard about Jesus. What about your next door neighbors? What about mine? Yeah, I'm going to confess. Can I confess? Is that a yes? Okay. Someone asked me here a while back, I have, a, I have two neighbors, on, I have a neighbor on each side, and those great neighbors, I got great neighbors all the way around. And, and, uh, but anyway, but uh, someone asked me across the road, they sold the house, and some of you know where that house is, but anyway, beside the point, somebody said, who, who, who lived there? Now this house is within, I can see this house. Who lived there? And I wanted to say somebody, <laughs> somebody lives there. Probably what I said. No, I actually I said, you know, I really don't know. I don't know who lived there. Well, did something happen? Did somebody pass away? I, and I said, well, I think somebody passed away. But did I know? No. Doesn't sound like I know my neighbors too well, does it? Remember, I told you last week about the UPS guy giving me a rebuke. Remember, 
Anybody remember that story? How many of you don't remember that story? Oh, good, let me tell you again. So here it is. So years ago, yeah, it doesn't hurt my feelings. It just gives me a chance to tell you. Yeah, years ago, my first church, UPS guy, listen, God love those guys, FedEx and guys and ladies, they work all the time. Anyway, but so he pulled up my driveway and, and he said, hey, can you tell me where so-and-so lives? I said, no. I don't think I know them. He said, well, what about so-and-so? I said, no, I don't know them either. He said, well, what about so-and-so? I said, no, I don't believe I know. He said, you need an outreach program at your church. <laughs> this is a UPS guy. I have just been rebuked. But it was needed, it wasn't. So what about our neighbors? Do they know Jesus? Do they know where you stand? Listen, because we can all come in and shout hallelujah, but how you live Monday through Saturday tells the story. Amen? Yeah, what we're doing, because they see us and they're watching, you know, and they're looking and, and they're wanting to know, does it line up with what we profess? But he moved in next door and old Christmas gets saved. May that be said about every one of us and our lost friends and neighbors that they hear about Jesus from our lips and they see Jesus in our actions. Amen? So, positive results. That's where I wanted to go with that as well. But this is just some good things happening, right? Good things happen. And it says not only Crispus, that really cool name, old Crispus, but then many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were, and were baptized. Again, if you go over to 1 Corinthians, we could just do a little perusal of names. He talks about uh, Sosthenes. Now, Sosthenes is going to get mentioned later. You know, things don't go good here in this chapter for him. But he, uh, we read about him. Uh, we read about uh, Chloe and their household and Crispus and Gaius. That's just from chapter 1. All these folks. There was Erastus. Later is mentioned, Erastus, who was a public official, gets saved. People were getting saved. Here's the thing. That's encouragement. Nothing brings life to a believer. Nothing brings life to a church. And when people start getting saved. Listen, ain't nobody getting saved. We might just be a museum or something else, right? But when people get saved, when there's life, change. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit of God who moves and works. Nothing about us. But, but just when we come to gather, listen, we come together and we come to gather, come together together. Let's say it that way. Listen, the Holy Spirit is here and he's moving. He, he indwells us. And listen, I don't know where you are today, but if you don't know Jesus, run to him. I don't know where, where you're at in life today. If you're in a low point, you look to Jesus. That's all you got to do. He says, look unto me. All you got to do is look. Anybody can look. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Ask God to get a hold of your heart. If you feel like, and I'm this way, if you feel like, man, I just, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not where I used to be. Anybody else ever think that? I'm just not close to the Lord like I used to be. Anybody else ever think that at times? Listen, look to Jesus. He hadn't moved. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Getting in trouble telling these stories off. That's why we go along, isn't it? Uh, anyway. I won't tell that story. I'll move on. He hasn't moved. Let me give you one more thing. Here's the thing. We're out of time. We see not only the positive, and my point is celebrate the victories along the way. That's, yeah, celebrate. So, you know, sometimes we can always sit around and talk about what's not right. Well, start thanking God for what is right. Amen? Somebody ought to give some praise. Amen? <laughs> God is worthy. Listen, how many of you can talk? It's not a trick question. How many of you can talk? Can you just utter this with me right now? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's say it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now say it like you mean it. 
praise the Lord. That's right. Has he saved you? And just to praise the Lord, right? Just to lift up his name. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, but celebrate the victories. That's encouragement to us. One more thing, the promises of God. We've got to move. So here it is. We see the, I uh, forgot what point one was. I'm sure it's a good one. Oh yeah, the partnership of friends. Also, we see then the priority or the positive results and then the promises of God. Don't miss this. Nine through 11, the promises of God. Verse nine, and the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, do not be afraid. Now, you remember a while ago, let me qualify. You remember a while ago, and I know you do, but you remember a while ago when I mentioned to you all you had to do to get Paul to share his faith, take your hand off his mouth? Well, apparently that wasn't always true. And the Lord told him, do not be afraid. Now, the Lord doesn't waste any words. So the only thing I can figure out is that God told him not to be afraid because he was... What, Paul, afraid? Yeah, because he's human like us. I don't care how bold we are at times, we can also be just as, as timid at times. Amen? And, and if, you're, if you're scared today, or scared, either one, if you're fearful today, it's okay. It's okay at first, because why? We'll lean on the Lord. Because when God is weak, listen, he's still strong. I mean, excuse me, when we are weak, God's still strong. When we are weak, God's never weak. When we are weak, God is still strong. And it's in our weakness that God is glorified, amen? As long as we think we've got it, you know, probably nothing much will happen. But, but anyway, when we realize just how weak we are, God's always strong. So do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. Apparently, Paul was tempted to not to say anything. He was because you know why? Here's, here's the thing. Because he knew from previous experience that when people started getting saved, trouble happened. You can go back. You can look. You can look throughout his missionary journeys. You can look in the previous chapters. When people started getting saved, the, the Jewish leaders many times would stir up the trouble and they'd follow him from town to town. Who wouldn't be tempted not to say too much? But the Lord said, for I am with you. I'm with you. Let me just encourage you today. God is for you. He loves you, and he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. And no one will attack you to harm you. And we see that in verses 12 to 17. We see there was a time, right shortly, they, they bring Paul before the tribunal, but nothing happened to him. Now, the Lord didn't say nothing was ever going to happen to him. No. But here's a window, God said. Here's a window. Nothing's going to happen to you. And, I'm, and the Lord's always with us no matter what, right? I have many in this city who are my people. So here's what he was saying. I'm going to close. He's saying, Paul, you keep on preaching. You keep on speaking. Don't you worry about it. Don't, don't get all fretting about it. Don't, don't get all nervous about it. You just keep on preaching. Because I've got people here who need to hear the gospel. And I've got people here who's going to be saved. They're mine, and you keep on preaching. Listen, that word comes to us too. Some of us have been discouraged. If you've ever tried to witness to somebody, you've probably been discouraged at one time or another. And you're thinking, well, it didn't work like it did in the witnessing class because everybody in the witnessing class gets saved, right? Well, everybody in the real world doesn't always do that. And so, but the point being, you keep on. I read the story, and I'll close with this, about a, uh, a mountain climber that died going for the summit. He perished. He didn't make it. The weather was too extreme, and he didn't make it. He perished. 
A rescue team went out to find him, and they found him. And they noticed, though, that he had fallen face forward. And they put this in the report. He died climbing. He died climbing. I don't know when God's going to call me home. It's getting sooner than later. And I'm just telling you, I want to be climbing when he calls me home. What about you? I don't want to be lollygagging around. I don't want to be lazing around. I don't want to be just halfway praising the Lord. Listen, if you don't praise the Lord, these rocks are going to cry out. Ain't no rock going out praise me. Listen, he's been good to me. And I'm just telling you, we need to die climbing. I don't know, you may be discouraged today. Would you take comfort today of knowing God loves you? Look around you at the friends we have. Oh, praise God for that. Would you take, take note of the, of the victories that God's doing in your life? You say, well, what's God done for me? Well, he put breath in your lungs this morning. He, he kept, he's keeping your heart beating. Listen, he brought you here that you can give praise to him. I ain't going to sleep on him. I'm going to praise him. <laughs> I'm not going to lazy around. I'm going to praise him. What about you? May we die climbing, standing on the promises of God. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Praise God. Praise God. Right now in this moment, as we bow our heads in prayer and we come to a time of invitation, what's God speaking to your heart today? Church, listen, we'll never share about Jesus if, unless God's moving in our hearts. And, and really the key in that, I think, is just serving out of the overflow. Serving out of the overflow and, and witnessing out of the overflow. Listen, when God's blessing you and, and moving in your heart, and I don't mean everything's perfect. No, there's a lot of days it's not. And you can, with me, and you can ask Anita Joe. She can verify that with me. But I'm just telling you, listen, God has saved us. And, and, and that, what a blessing. Just think about it, as low as we were. Lost in sin. Dead in sin, the Bible says. And God made us alive in Christ Jesus. He's given you life. He's given you life. And of all the things, and I know some of you are going through some difficult times probably today, no doubt. There's a heartache in every pew. An old professor of mine used to say, there's a heartache in every pew. And so I don't know what all's going in your heart today, but would you look to the Lord? He loves you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. You may even wonder where he's at, but I'm going to tell you, he's still where he's always been. He's on the throne. And the Holy Spirit is living in your heart if you're his child. And so today, would you take comfort in that? Would you look to him and maybe just say, Lord, would you encourage me today? And just look at all the ways that God encourages us with our friends around us, with the victories day by day, that we can stand on his promises because they're all true. They're all true. God doesn't go back on a promise. I can guarantee you that. And so right here this morning, you just need the Lord to minister to your heart and, and he knows the hurt in your heart. Would you just... Would you just bring that to him? Would you just be real right now before the Lord? Listen, do you want to walk closer to him? You know, I, I struggle at times just kind of getting in a rut. Maybe you do too. I don't know. But just Listen, I'm tired of the ruts, aren't you? I'm tired of just a mediocre Christian living. God didn't save us for that. No. Listen, may we, may we die climbing. I don't know when that time's coming for me or for you, but I'm one day closer and you are too. Whether the Lord comes back before then or not, I don't know. But, but may I be found faithful and may you be found faithful to the Lord. What's it going to take for that to happen in your life this morning? What's it going to take for you to draw you closer to God today? He stands ready, outstretched arms. Man, he's saying, hey, seek me while I can be found. 
He's saying, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That's what the Lord says. Take my yoke. It's easy. Oh, would you do that? I don't mean it's easy to follow the Lord, but, oh, listen, salvation comes from Him, doesn't it? Salvation comes from the Lord, and He'll walk with us every step, every day. So I don't know who needs to hear that today, but I pray you'll hear it and receive it, and, and the Holy Spirit will take that to your heart. For some that may be here, listen, I never take it for granted everybody's saved. I don't know whether you're saved or not. I pray you are. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what about today? What about right now? Can you go back to a time in your life that you turned from your sin and you placed your faith in Jesus and Jesus alone to save you? You may not remember the time on the calendar, but you can remember a time. And you might say, well, it's between this time and this time that I, I trusted the Lord. But if you don't have that time, why not today? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. The Bible says that if you today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Do you hear that? That's, that's from the Scriptures. Hebrews, also the Old Testament. Today, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. May we listen to the Lord. If you're here without Jesus, I just invite you to come even right where you are right now, would you just ask the Lord to come in and save you and forgive you? Confess your sins to Him. Call upon Him. Father, thank You for Your love and mercy. Thank You for Your grace. Thank You, Lord, for Your people. Thank You for Your encouragement that comes from Your Word today. Father, may we find ourselves, Lord, just a desire in our heart to draw closer to You. Lord, give us that desire just to draw close to You that you might be lifted up and glorified in everything we say and everything we do. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we have a time of invitation. Our, our altar's open. If you'd like to come and pray, you're certainly welcome to do that. You can pray certainly right where you are, uh, however God's leading you. But today, if you just want to say, Lord, I just want to walk closer to you. Maybe today you're discouraged. Lord, I just need an encouraging word from you. Listen, you just find your way here to this altar. If you're here without Jesus, I'm right here. Lord willing, I'm right here. Listen, you come. Share that with me and uh, show you from the Scripture how you can trust Christ today. Amen. Amen. As our praise team leads us today, may we just enter into a time of worship, a time of commitment, a time of surrender.
these bonds will sing church all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing Sing it to God. Sing it to Him.
talks about praising the Lord. Amen. And just let that be your heart and cry as you read through the Word of God. Here's our, here's our hymn book, right? That's right. Get in it and read. And most of these are songs. Sing it to the Lord. But praise Him. Live a life of praise. Glad you're here this morning. Yeah. Thank you, team, for leading us. Praise awesome the Lord. Job. Praise the Lord. my mic or not. <laughs> Sound like my episodic just went out. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Anyway, listen, glad you're here today. Praise the Lord. Good to have you here. We're glad to have our, our uh, child dedication, baby dedication this morning. Appreciate Rhonda. She got all that together and work with our parents. Appreciate her doing yes, that. Yes, thank you, Rhonda. That's a great job. Yes, uh, that came from somebody, was it? Courtney, I was trying to think who said that. I heard a voice. That's right. Courtney was part of that today. Listen, we're glad you're here this morning. We're going, uh, as soon as we're dismissed, if you'll help us stack chairs, we would appreciate that. Eight high. And, uh, of course, we have the announcements already earlier in our service today. Uh, but I hope you have just a blessed, blessed week. Let me pray for you and with you, and we'll be dismissed. Father, I just pray that your peace that goes beyond all human understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And as we leave here today, we give you praise. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless y'all. God bless you. Hey, thank you for worshiping with us today here at First Baptist Church. Listen, if we could be of service to you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. Uh, you can call our church office Monday through Friday. You can send us an email, a Facebook message. We would love to hear from you. Uh, so until next time, uh, let's keep our eyes on Jesus the author and finisher of our faith.